Beast OCR proudly presents BeastNet Podcast, sponsored in part by GH Under's Performance Base Layers and supported by the OCR community. Here we discuss all things OCR related. Welcome to BeastNet. Hey everybody, this is Adam Bergenheyer with Beast OCR, uh, standing in for Pretty Mike tonight on this episode of BeastNet Podcast. Today we've got a group of beasts that all went over to Iceland uh, this past uh, weekend to take on the Spartan Iceland Ultra World Championships. So with us on the line today, we actually have a nice cool crowd. Uh, So you have myself, Adam Bergenheyer. You've got Bo Green, David Robertson, Renee Larson, and Tessa Turnbull. So welcome, everybody. How are you doing tonight? Awesome. Now, it's been a couple days since Iceland. How's everybody feeling? Tired. (laughs) I'm happy I made it to work. (laughs) I thought it came early. I love it. Um, so, if uh, one of you wants to start, I'd love to hear about um, your Iceland experience, what you'd want to share with people, uh, things you're proud of, maybe something you ran into that was unexpected, um, anything around your gear that worked well or didn't. Um, who'd ever like to go first? Fire away. pick on you then for a minute Renee um, okay. what what specifically it so so for those that don't know on the phone or excuse me on the podcast uh, it was a 24-hour format it was as many miles as you can through as many laps as you can um, in 24 hours so Renee um, what what surprised you most was it was it the time was it the elevation uh, the, the repetitive uh, movements of multi-laps, what, what was it that, that got you? It was, it was that how slick it was, I mean, how, how icy it was. Um, 6.8 hours, or 6.8 miles isn't all that hard, and I do those hikes quite often, and I've done, I've done multiple rounds of other events before I the Warrior Dash and went around three times and went around another one three times. And I did another event where I went around a bunch of times, but it's in Iceland and that elevation and how far up you had to come down and then coming down really, really steep hills, coming downhill. It's just 6.8 hours of miles when you're doing that. Is Unless you experience it, it's, I don't even know if you can describe it. It's just completely different. It took a lot of energy to do. Absolutely. Burning a lot more calories than maybe you're used to, too, uh, doing all that in that environment. Yeah. I mean, if it wasn't the gear, because I had that figured out. So I wasn't really cold, and, and we were lucky. We never, we never got wet. It was just, I probably would have gone on maybe a couple more long adventures. 
something else um <clears throat> while you're talking about that that slope you want to describe that for the folks that are listening <laughs> well it was a straight up hill and it was Surprises obstacle wise? Um, yeah, I was surprised that the rope was so slick on the rope climb. And so it was, I wasn't able to do it. And the rope climb is like my favorite thing to do, but the rope was just so slick that after doing so much rope work on the hill, I just, I just couldn't do the obstacle. I had to do the, I had to do the penalty every time. So this one saw the use of <clears throat> not just a burpee penalty um, in the standard mandatory obstacle, but a penalty loop. Um, how did you feel about the penalty loop system? I like that. I like that. I like the fact it was mixed up and it wasn't all burpees. That made it more fun, something to something to look forward to, something different. Absolutely. I like that some of the penalty loops weren't just a place to run. Uh, there was a penalty barbed wire. There was a penalty bucket carries um, and, a, and a few others like that that, you know, weren't terribly difficult or terribly long, but, but enough that still throw you off a little bit, um, but definitely an approachable alternative. Defining moment when you uh, you realized that you were gonna finish that that you got that you were gonna you were gonna own that ultra. Anything, uh, anything else you want to share? next uh kind of your story as far as you know why iceland and and what happened after there
pick on Tessa. Um, I wanted to go back after last year for some odd reason. <laughs> it's, really, it's actually just really, it's really pretty and it's just unlike any race that I've done. Yeah. And my, my goals adjusted a little bit this year. So I, um... Regardless, Iceland was gonna somehow happen, just somehow, and it just it helped a little bit at the end of the Dallas Ultra when Joe gave away the entry, and I know that pisses a lot of people off, but it was fantastic for me because I was about to buy it leaving that race. That's awesome. So thanks, Joe. So tell us, um, tell us a little bit more about Iceland. Like, what was your experience? What was your highs, your lows, gear failures, things you maybe learned that were different from last year? Um, I was really happy with the weather. I couldn't have asked for better weather. Last year, it was insane winds with rain, and then the rain freezing, and then it can be muddy. So everything that said waterproof, it not in Iceland. It's not waterproof. <laughs> I had almost a palace of hypothermia at the end of the first lap last year, and I had to get my baby out and snuggle with James and drink coffee and soup and just try to stop shaking. And it took about half an hour, and then I was up and go back out there so this year was super nice i just had two thermal tops on and then david and i didn't even stop we just went for a second round and that's kind of where my body was like i hate you and my hip flexor started hurting especially with how brutal those carries were and so my body was feeling it for sure at that point if that wouldn't uh, hurt, it was a pretty awesome course, I think. Yeah. Besides the one dreaded second sandbag carry, that was just insane. Tell us not uh, sure how uh, to about the it carries. Besides, like, one of the worst things they could have done. <laughs> All right, you got to tell us. what's uh, why, why was it the worst The sandbags froze, even though they tried to keep them from freezing. Um, they were hard and they were bulky. They just didn't, unless you kind of just carry it like a like a bucket or on your shoulder, I guess. I don't know. It just was awkward, extremely awkward because of being frozen. And um, it felt like it was straight up. I'm not sure what the degree was on that hill, but... Enough to make you second guess yourself of why out there. <laughs> well, they weren't normal. They weren't the normal sandbags. They were those those Spartan pancakes. So they were really, oh, yeah. really hard to move instead of being a sandbag. Which, if they had been the regular sandbags, you could have. I think you could have gotten up there a lot easier. Yeah. And I think they over—they slightly overfilled the second set. So, so the pancakes were really, really—they weren't flat at all. They were really like like big pillows. So I think they were slightly overfilled. I was thinking that too. I want to be the only one. <laughs> well, because they were bigger than the first sandbag carry. Yeah. So. Well, not just that, but you were slipping and sliding the whole time. Um, yeah, if you went far to the right, it was a bunch of mud and water, and I was trying to all cost to stay dry. That's just when you got cold, when you got wet. Yes. That was my goal. Made some pretty interesting routes to avoid some water. <laughs> no kidding. I think that was the theme of the night. There was a lot of people doing that, taking a couple extra steps one way or another. Anything to keep drier longer. 
So um, for you, like Tessa, as you're going through the race, um, especially experiencing last year, did you have any of those those dark place moments where you got in your head and you wanted to quit, or was it something where you just felt like I, I can just keep going, or, or what was that like this year versus last year? Um, last year, it kind of just, we walked pretty much the whole thing because it was just so nasty and um, slippery. This year, it was nice. I was able to run a little bit. Um, you know, being able to run a little bit, just being warmer. Yeah. And then the wind gusts picked up throughout the night and game a, got a little more steady. Oh, dark place, sorry. I, sorry, dark place. <laughs> um, my dark place is because I'm used to willing my body to do stuff, and I've done it quite well the last two years. But experience some hip flexor pain after South Carolina Ultra into the HH. Um, once I got to the airport the next morning trying to hit Vegas on the way home and my hip just wasn't cooperating and I could barely even walk. So I was trying to just hopefully not have that happen, um, at the ultra. I really wanted to do more laps, but having to go out there for the fourth and basically have to do a fifth because of having to finish between nine and noon, I just was kind of just unsure what to do. For me, I wanted to do more, but I didn't want. Um, I didn't want to break myself. So having to be responsible and not going, my mind was saying I want to do more, but my body was like, you know, take it easy. So. It was the carries were tough and then having to go up. So thank you everybody that helped me get through through those for sure. David. <laughs> <laughs> but then able being able thank you. Being able to do the rings for three out of the four times and then get to get the twister three out of four, it kinda body cooperate the way I wanted it to. Yeah. I kind of put it through a little bit this year. <laughs> and actually never stopped for the last year. Four um, endurance trifectas will do that too. Yes. Ellie. Iceland was the completion of four endurance trifectas. Awesome. I added up the hours today. I haven't got to my metal post yet. From start to finish, or say, hey, the event officially starts at five. Say, like, if you're only counting the 12 hours. Um, and then I added up my ultra time. So it's 196 hours this year. You're just going by the start times, like the minimum. That's quite a bit of hours. Yeah, like five minutes. What'd you say? Yeah, it's like it's like five minutes, right? It's not too bad. Yeah, no, not at all. <laughs> but I've met so many amazing people and suffered through uh, so much stuff. Like it's fantastic. You can go anywhere and be able to contact someone and invite you into your home, their home, and vice versa. What would you uh, What would you tell somebody considering an ultra or the next uh, world championship ultra? Um, sometimes I've actually told people like, "Hey, you can go out there and you can walk dog it. 
fine. Go out there. Experience it. Maybe not necessarily Tahoe. But I kind of just, I don't want to scare them. I'm like, oh man, it's so bad. I'm like, no, you can do it. So I try to like ease them onto the plane of that they can do it. Instead of just yeah, freaking them out. Any advice you want to leave with anybody? Um, or leave for anybody around you know, running an ultra like the Spartan one um, in Iceland, preparing for one gear, uh, mental, what, whatever. Any advice you want to leave? I would say definitely cardio, researching, maybe some past races in the area for your options, talking to people on the forums, getting advice pretty much from anywhere that you, that you can. Mm. And usually the advice out there on the Spartan forums are pretty solid. And then just maybe getting a friend or two, three, four, five, you know, let's do it together. Um, the moral support is crucial to possibly not not finishing. So get your friends together. Yeah. So we did a thing where we took, you know, a small team over to Iceland. Um, how did you like that? And how did that compare against uh, last year? I went with the team last year. Yeah, the Gilgi team, huh? Um, no, actually, well, Ryan and I uh, were doing the Gilgi, but um, Jonathan and Joe and Dirk, oh, and then right. yeah. and then there's James. So we did that as a team. So I actually left before them, and then just met them there. But I ended up not. Um, Facing the Gogi. James and I didn't finish the Gogi. Brian did. He's a rock star. Go, Brian. So then, um, we, we left at like hour 16 because we had to call our own ride from the roadside. And then we went to the venue and met him there. So I got to, I was fortunate enough to run with some people. And then, well, the Gogi team was um, together also, so that was nice. Everyone was pretty well team-oriented, mm. um, as far as I know, with um, people that I knew in my group. But you're out there, everyone's just cheering you on and seeing how you're doing, and you look like you're fading. There's so many people that ask you how you're doing, if you need anything. It's amazing. Yeah. Spartan racers are awesome. Agreed. Uh, anything else uh, you want to share? Um, I just want to say thank you to anybody that I've encountered on a race course or just asked advice for, from, talked to. I mean, everyone's played a role in helping me finish my goals it and what I've, what I've got done and I'm pretty pretty happy with uh, what I've been able to accomplish with just stuff you know a lot of stuff that you go through in your life I just want to say thank you to everybody that's been there you're welcome <laughs> thank, thank you thank you <laughs> I felt like it, you know, somebody had to say you're welcome, so had to help out. I appreciate it. <laughs> I knew everybody was thinking it. Oh yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah. All right, Bo or David, which which one do you do uh wants to wants to chat it up next with us? I'll hop in. 
Go ahead and uh, introduce yourself and uh, tell us about what made you uh, awesome. I'm Bo. Oh, what'd you say, Adam? Oh, and uh, tell us uh, why Iceland for you. Why Iceland? I don't know. I just thought it would be something different. Something to finish the year out on strong. I've done some, some crazy races this year, and it just looks like that was the next thing to do. I've gone a longer distance, and then that time, but never together. So why not put them together and find something that was an extreme element as well? Mm. So Iceland it was. And then I called my friend into flying out and hanging out with me for a week. <laughs> <laughs> So aside from the Iceland Ultra, what, uh, what else did you do in that week in Iceland? What, what cool stuff's out there? Um, I went to a hot springs because you have to go to hot springs. I saw, I don't know, six or seven waterfalls. Went to the Black Beach, drove around, uh, tried to burn the clutch up in a rental car as much as I possibly could. <laughs> saw the Northern Lights one night randomly. Uh, yeah, I mean, just just trying to utilize that whole week as much as possible and just see as much. You know, there's just so much to do and see there. That's awesome. So tell us about uh, yeah, was, the uh, you know, like leading in from that into the uh, the ultra. Um, kind of, what's your what was your thoughts? How did you prepare, and, and how was it for you? Uh, it was really good. That was awesome. Going into preparing for it, like I just ran a lot and I lifted a lot, knowing that that hill was going to be there. I had talked to a couple of people that had done it last year, and they had prepared before what to expect on the ice, and the frozen ground would be moving everywhere. Like, you know, this patch might be frozen when you come to it one lap, but then it might be frozen in a different spot at the next lap. So just kind of prepared for falling a lot. And, um, you know, the wind, the wind was going to be an issue, and then if it rained, you know, watch out for that. So I just planned for gear according to that, and I think I overplanned because it's pretty warm and pretty dry the whole race. Um, the only thing that I did do wrong was I didn't drink enough water throughout the race because it was cold and you didn't really think about drinking water, but yeah. Um, I felt prepared for it. I felt good. Like it was a great course, great outline. Yeah. What was your uh, What was your favorite part, man? What 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 hit you? Uh, I don't know. Uh, the hill. The hill definitely was definitely was fun to go up. Not so much fun to go down. Um, but it was fun to go up. I think. Even though the carries sucked, they were good. It was it was just in the right spot to like make you you know question life a little bit at that point. But you know, every time you got past that second carry, you knew that it was like smooth sailing from there on out. You had two two smooth downhills, and it's a nice running after that. Um, the thing that I felt sucked the most was the hurricanes. Like, the last turquoise on lap five, I couldn't get it off the ground, and I'd never been able to not do that. But I was I was done. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I felt like that turquoise was that. extra tough. Uh, it was, what, frozen with, like, rocks on it, and I'm pretty sure there was a kid, like, yeah, holding it down, too. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if they had stuffed a couple kids in those bags, but, man, they were... <laughs> like it was a couple hundred pounds and so I don't know if it was just from all the moisture that is collected on that sand and it was made it more frozen or what but man it seemed like it was just beyond heavy <laughs> yeah, no so problem. I don't know if somebody didn't switch it over to pounds and kilograms and, <laughs> and it was a hundred kilograms in that bag <laughs> oh, that's that, awesome. one, that was weird because it, it just was so heavy Yeah, that was no joke. Um, <clears throat> for the folks listening, there was a lot, especially uh, on the open wave, there was a lot of help on the turquoise for, for most people. <laughs> <laughs> and especially, what, was it the second lap or even the third lap where it was, that was pretty much necessary to 
the time to it was, get yeah. going. It was like this is this is mandatory right now. Uh, the cool thing though is is they had rolled out the new design for the Olympus, like it was on a new frame and it had that new texture pad on it, which made it like a thousand times easier to do. Um, yeah, what do you think was different about that versus like the the previous one or the previous iteration of Olympus? Just, well, since they had that that rubber pad on there, it allows you to get better grip with your shoes, even in coming out of the the ice covered grass. Like it didn't feel like my shoes were slick. Whereas when it had the wood, you come out of the mud and like you couldn't even get any foot grip on there. But it, it felt like it was meant to be done. You know, you're on your feet, leaning back, using the handholds, like everyone's told you how to do it. But it didn't feel, uh, and it didn't rock around like it normally does a little bit. Yeah. But I think them putting it on that older frame with that, that rubber pad made a huge difference. That rubber pad was in a few so places, too. It was on the mats, I think, for the multi-rigs and the, the monkey bars, too. Like the little step stools. Yeah. Yeah, so hopefully they roll it out to a lot of the newer obstacles in the U.S. as well, that, that they're more durable, better to use, better to interact with. Yeah. So what about you? Um... Like what? What was that? That dark spot for you? Did you get there? Did uh, did it mess with your head, or was it something where you just you felt solid the whole time? Yeah, um, I think I just felt solid the whole time. Like I just felt like I just keep grinding it out. Mm. You know, like I said, I I made a couple like nutrition errors right off the bat, coming out of first lap, and then I tried to just not make those mistakes again. And once I got past those, it was like, all right, I feel good. So like I can sustain this out. Um, coming out of lap four, it was getting windy. I was like, oh, this kind of sucks, but it wasn't. It wasn't soul crushing. It just, you know, sucked. But that was about it. Like I said, I, I planned for it to be a whole lot worse than it was, and I had the mindset that it was going to be worse than it was. So I think that, that played into a factor there, because I didn't, it wasn't that bad. Like, it wasn't as cold as I expected it to be. It wasn't raining like I expected it to be. So it was just like everything was a blessing at that point. That's a great mental game, prepping yourself like that. And... It's, there's that's there's something to be said about the power of of a positive mental attitude that almost like the Batman mentality, right? You've got a plan for everything, and you go in with a great attitude and start from there. Um, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, I had I had plan A and all the way up to like plan F, and I brought a bag full of all this crap to make sure that that would happen. <laughs> and, you know, and plan A worked the whole time. Oh yeah. So what would you uh, what would you tell folks that are considering maybe doing something like this? Doing an ultra or doing doing the world, you know, championship, do it. Like I don't know, an ultra just like pushes you mentally a little bit farther because it's it's just a longer distance, you know. Like they talked about a a marathon, you know, half fits your body and the other half's mental. Like, an ultra is definitely a mental game because you get to that first lap and you're like, all right, you know, now i got to do that all again. You know, this one was worse because everything that sucked, you didn't have to just do one more time. You had to do it at least four times, if not five, six, seven, or eight, you know. But they do an ultra. They're good. They, they teach you some stuff about yourself that you don't know. The biggest thing is like your water and your, your nutrition. You know, if you don't have those two dialed in, like you can you can be defeated before before your body quits. Agreed. Agreed. 
What else, Bo? Is there anything else you want to... Yeah, good job. We, uh, us four lappers here stand in your glory, Mr. Five. Uh, <laughs> no, um, what, what else do you want to share? Is there anything on top of your mind? Uh, you know, things you'd do differently next time or, you know, uh, leaving Adam in the dirt when he's crying? Or, I mean, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I did not leave Adam in the dirt when he was crying. You're right. You, you, just, you kicked him. At him. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it, there's so much to say about like gear and and all these other things to expand upon, but but no, I mean, just do it. Just go out there and do it. It's fun. <laughs> no. Right on. Well, I think. Uh, well, thanks, man. Uh, we're going to take a quick break here, guys, and when we return, we'll uh, we'll pick on David here for a little bit, and then we've got a couple things for the group. Uh, so we will be right back. Gray's Harbor Unders makes the performance-based layer clothing you want and need. Whether you work, hunt, hike, fish, run, or ride in the great outdoors, if you work up a sweat, Gray's Harbor Unders are for you because their unique dual-layer fabric removes moisture from your body and keeps your skin dry, even when the outer layer is completely wet. It's a base layer like no other. Get you some at ghunders.com. That's ghunders.com for the best performance-based layer you'll ever wear. Welcome back. That was a long break. Thank you for waiting. Okay. So, uh, we've talked with Renee and Tessa and Bo, heard a little bit about their adventures in Iceland. And uh, if he's still with us, we haven't scared him off just yet. I think uh, Mr. David Robinson is here. Uh, David, how are you doing? Pretty good. How are you doing? Um... My feet still don't like me, but uh, I can't complain. Yeah, yeah. I'm all back to normal, I think, now. My hands are forgiving me. So. For now. For now. For now. Well, uh, tell us a little bit, like, who, who are you and uh, why Iceland? Why Iceland? Well, <laughs> well I'm, I'm, my name's David, and uh, I guess... Uh, my goal for the year was to do as many ultras as possible, and minus uh, South Carolina, I've done them all. So why not Iceland? You know, at this point, so um, got the uh, permission slip signed from the powers that be at home to go. So um, had, to, had to see how that one compared to the rest of them. So um, it, it definitely wasn't the easiest, that's for sure. So. There's plenty of others that people should start with before this one, but yeah, it was a great time. I enjoyed the race and time with the team, and it was uh, definitely uh, an experience that I'll always uh, remember for sure. You bring up a good point in that maybe well, that wasn't the right one to start with. Um, so you did <laughs> what five, six ultras this year. So of of those six Spartan Ultras, if you know somebody had never gone and done one before, which one would you tell them to start with? Well, from what I hear, um, South Carolina is probably about the same level as Dallas. So it's probably either one of those two, or even potentially um, Hawaii. I did Hawaii last year. So, um, both are have some flat, mostly flat terrain, but there is some climbing as far as hills go. What made uh, what was your strategy going into Iceland um, with all the other ultras in your back under your belt? What made this one different? Well, this time I was running with the team, so my my expectations were completely different than any other race because normally I'm just there to complete two laps as fast as I humanly possibly can, so I'm not out there all day. Um, this one was a 24-hour race, so. 
um, mainly just to get, get the team as much as we could. And uh, it's, it's kind of hard when there's a, a good number of us, especially one of us that was running an elite that's not on the phone, but you know, lost one right from the beginning. So, um, yeah, it was difficult to stay together, but um, just to keep just keep moving as much as possible, really. Um, going in there, I expected it to be a lot colder than it was, so definitely to, to keep moving to stay warm. What was the um Oh go ahead. I was like just as far as like prepping for this race, so it wasn't uh anything different than normal as far as like lifting and, and running and um trying not to uh drum up old injuries and stuff which didn't actually work out all that well, but um so yeah, went in with some, some nagging injuries but just try to put those in the back of my head and yeah. Yeah, we had a few um a few bumps and bruises, uh, for sure. <laughs> um throughout the night. How do you deal with that when because you know that's real and that's a very real thing that a lot of us deal with is you know, little bumps and bruises start to be, you know, get a little bit bigger, or maybe something that used to bug us starts bugging us more. How do you deal with that when you've got such a big race ahead of you? Well, it's uh, when you have a very full schedule all year long, as far as races go. I know Tissa and Bo probably know for sure, uh, as well as they, they do races back-to-back, like Hurricanes and Ultras, which is completely insane. But these um, body just breaks down, so this one's late in the season. And uh, so every fucking breeze is there waiting for you to, to run again. So uh, it's just... At this point, it's just mind over matter. Just gotta, just gotta push through it all and finish out as long as we can. Okay. That's a good call out. Uh, so, you, the Iceland Ultra for you, my friend. Um, what was it like? What was uh, what was amazing? What maybe kicked your butt unexpectedly? Um, uh, what, what would you like to share? Uh, I. For punishment, so I, I love the, the as after all the, um, the icy sliding downhill, um, just the gauntlet of obstacles that are all right in a row. And I like to run and like to climb insanely steep hills like that, but it's boring after a while. So just having all those different obstacles just puts you right to the test all at once. It's, it's always a great challenge. Um, but the uh, the lap system is definitely something that's completely different than any other ultra. Um, since you're doing every obstacle, every lap, um, I could I feel I feel it in my hands the most. It's just there's certain obstacles I have to take uh, there. I have to take my gloves off for, and it just just beats you up. You know, all the grip strength just kind of gets zapped after after four laps. So uh, twister gave me that time at the very last lap, but Everything else seemed to, seem to fall out of place. So. Especially if you um, <clears throat> you have to take your gloves off, right? And like for some of us, just we can't do certain obstacles with gloves on. And like you said, and I'm sure that that metal was, I know it was cold. And know that I bet after time and time again, it just it got you faster or more. And is that right? Everything else seemed, yeah, everything else I left my gloves on for. Um, I normally don't have to wear gloves, or I have mittens that I can pull my hands out pretty quick. So, um, yeah, this definitely the cold played a, played a factor into it. You put your bare hands on metal. So. Oh, absolutely. So, uh, what was your, um, I mean, your your dark spot was it the was it maybe some of the old injuries kind of popping up at you? Was it, you know, sometimes when you're running with the team, you know, you go a little bit slower at times? Was it, you know, Adam crying in the dirt? Or, or I mean, what was it? What was it for you? I know 
That's why Adam crying. Just from years of sports and stuff, I mean, I already have a bad knee, so I mean, that's always on the edge of um, the dark place, as we call it. But um, yeah, that could, you can kind of put some of the nagging stuff behind. It's not like it's like a disability or a disabling kind of um, injury, so it's more just a reminder. Um, how to place my feet when it's slippery. Um, yeah, it just, uh, I don't know, I saw more positives out of that race than, um, like, darkness-wise. I mean, um, every carry is a challenge, but um, especially when you're tired, uh, and especially yeah. since they were frozen. Um, but, yeah, I just, I enjoy uh, the punishment. So, it's always fun. Yeah. I mean, sometimes when I'm in the middle of it, I'm thinking, what the hell am I doing? But, I mean, <laughs> in, in the end, you know, we're like, where do we sign up for the next one? So. Yeah. you got to wait one more year. Yeah. At least a couple months. So. <laughs> True. So if they, uh, if Spartan took the Ultra World Championship back to Iceland, then would you go? Training now. You'll be recruited in two months. I started my food plan today. Your what? <laughs> oh, David and I were talking food on the course and diet and training for this year, so I started my tracking my food today. Thank you, David. Of course. Anything I can do to help you guys? That's awesome. So, David, what would you um, what would you tell somebody that's thinking about signing up um, for the the Iceland Ultra World Championships? So thinking about signing up? Oh. Oh, well, um, I definitely need to make sure it's not their first one. first mm-hmm. ultra, or maybe even their first race. Um, I, I've shared a lot with people kind of just online as far as like when they're like when should I sign up for my first ultra or should I sign up? And it's me personally, I, I always ask them what their beast time, like their best, like how fast they can run a beast. If it's around five hours, then I say you got more than enough to go for an ultra. Um, because five hours out on a course, that's a long time. And then you go and yeah. your second last is going to be longer than that. So, um, you got time cutoffs. Usually, they have to worry about, and so it's it's a different different animal, and you just got to make sure you prepare for it. And I don't want to scare anybody from. Um, I don't want everybody to complete it too. I don't, you know, uh, I'm not one to to try a lot of stuff that I don't think I'm prepared for. So, so I will make sure I train and train as hard as I can, and go into something knowing that I'm gonna I'm gonna finish or just crush it. Because I'm not going to quit. So, that's the way it goes. <laughs> I'm still competitive after all these years. Well, it should be. There you go. Um, anything else you want to share about Iceland and ultras and, and running or, or anything else? Iceland is, I love the, the world championship races. 
um, Tahoe uh, and Iceland in particular, just because it brings many different people from all over the world all together. It's, it's, it's awesome to see everybody. It's awesome to hear all the different languages, and it's just and everybody just there for a common cause and getting along, and it's, it's, it's an awesome experience. Um, so for that, I would say everybody should go to both of those events. Um, as far as ultras, um, starting out, you know, I'll probably do a different one, whether it's in the United States or um, another country. But um, if you want a real challenge um, in the United States, do Killington. But um, that's a whole different podcast. Kittle <laughs> has uh, his own opinions on that one. So, um, but yeah, so good Iceland. Enjoy the enjoy the experience. Once in a lifetime, that or once or a year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So guys, um, so thanks, David. Uh, so we all crossed the finish line at the same time. Uh, you know, maybe David, in his competitive nature, you know, took one step first, so he could cross ahead of us. I I, I don't know. I wasn't watching, but. Um, <laughs> How was that experience for you guys? What did it mean to you to uh, to cross the line together? Uh, and anybody's game here. I think that's what we were there for: is to start as a team and finish as a team. So, regardless of what happened in between, of us, you know, running in pairs or whatever, um, it was the goal to finish together. So, I'm glad that happened. I'm happy it worked out that we are all able to cross the finish line together. Yeah. Anybody else want to share um, anything on that, that team aspect there? Okay, so I do have uh, I do have one more question here. That's super serious, guys. Super serious. So, um, you know, this is for each of you. Feel free to tackle it, however you know, whatever your way is. But what was um, to you? What was the funniest? Um, what was the funniest thing that happened while you were in Iceland? Funniest what? The funniest thing that happened to you while you were in Iceland? Oh, well, I have stories about other people, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> I think that continuous, like, someone was always asleep. <laughs> <laughs> At least I was taking the photos so no one got any of me passing out at like the athletes meeting. <laughs> <laughs> Renee, why are you laughing? <laughs> <laughs> so guys, here, here do you mind if I share this, Renee? I, I think I think the world needs to know. Um Uh, um, uh, that is the case of a little micro nap in the middle of the, um, when the para athletes were, were doing their bit. <laughs> well, it's probably a minute and a half. It's very embarrassing. Oh. So I guess love for everybody around me. <laughs> so, para-athletes came up on the stage during the pre-briefing. They're giving this amazing speech, and they all got, they're the only ones that got a standing ovation the entire pre-race briefing. And one of them is talking about how, you know, he overcame PTSD, he overcame, you know, his brother's suicide, and, and you know, really dark and heavy stuff. And, and it, going on to this amazing story, and... In the middle of this, we hear this loud snore, and we look over, and Renee had just woken herself back up. And 
It was amazing. It was a micro nap. <laughs> I remember hearing all of that. <laughs> I heard that I had fallen asleep too, and she happened to wake me up the first morning. <laughs> well, that's what happens when you're up for 24 hours straight before you even do a 24 hour race. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. So, Casey McAllister, if you're listening, I'm sorry. Uh, we, we do like you. Um. <laughs> uh, what else? Any, any other fun moments that anybody wants to say, uh, fun or funny-wise, or, or what have you? Adam, falling asleep after when we were trying to get our medals. He says, Yes. In line to get our medals, I went to sleep. It was great. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we've. I tried. really like. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I really like how happy we genuinely were to be there and be with each other and be, be racing in Iceland. Yeah, I realized I hadn't been alone in like four days and I actually sort of felt lonely today at work because I was alone in my office for part of the day. Aww. That was weird. We miss you too. <laughs> well, we've we've spent some time together here today, guys. I really appreciate you all sharing. Um, any closing thoughts from anybody around Iceland and ultras and um, overcoming? Any other stories you want to share? It's all yours. Mine's not like a big story, but I didn't get to see my favorite part. My favorite part was when she got up the nasty hill and walked um, across the top of the ridge. You, My favorite part was running down the snow. I just pretended it was sand. So like when it was kind of like that dirtyish color, I was like, oh, it's just sand. So it was fun to just actually run down it. That was my favorite part. Go to Iceland. Run down sand. Or the uh, the Bud Olympics, you know? That's, uh, I think we started calling that at some point during the night, or at least some of us. The Bud Olympics was, um, <laughs> at, that, at that point on the mountain, it was almost, you just had to go straight run down the hill or fall down the hill or you slide on your butt and just go sledding. And with those shell rain pants, um... You got some, got some speed. No one wanted to follow me to the west. And they were like, follow us. And you, well, David did. <laughs> no one else was there. We're like, oh, it was really fun. <laughs> I remember that. I remember that. That was fun. I was like, fine. Whatever. Well, guys, um, thank you so much for your time tonight. Really, really appreciate it. You guys are all amazing. Thank you for going to Iceland, for toughing out an awesome race, uh, for being there for each other, for crossing the finish line together, um, and for sharing your stories. Uh, you guys are all incredible people and fantastic ultra athletes. So thank you uh, for your time. Thank you, Adam. What was your favorite part? Crap. I wasn't ready. <laughs> Can help it. <laughs> uh, my favorite part was... Oh, gosh. I think my favorite part would have to be um, somewhere between, you know, in that last, like, quarter-mile lap 
the sheer like sailor cuss words coming out of my mouth that like I was surprised I knew some of them. Um, that was that was exciting, uh, <laughs> discovering that part. But you know we we committed to um, finishing together, and um, I think my favorite part was. I, I wasn't going to be able to do the monkey bars at the last one. I was just roasted. I had nothing left. And I did the little penalty loop. And when I came around the penalty loop, I saw all of you right there. And you're all just hanging out, waiting, uh, ready to go. And to me, that was really cool because here we were. You know, we were, we promised each other we were going to do that at the beginning of that lap, and we did it. And uh, that just really felt special. Plus, you know, swearing a lot at the end. That was, that was pretty cool, too. All right, guys. Thank you so much for the time. Get out of here. Go have a good night. Have a great week. And uh, we'll be dropping this podcast pretty soon. All right. Thank you for the great interview. Thanks, Alan. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. Bye. Thanks for listening to the BeastNet podcast brought to you by Beast OCR. Don't forget to subscribe and let us know what you think and what you'd like to hear. You can find us on Facebook or at BeastOCR.com.